Got a lot of uh, sharks out there trying to take a bite of something. What's hot? A lot of chameleons out there trying to change up. Anytime something new comes along, everybody wants a bite. Don't happen overnight. So you want to be a rock superstar and live large, big house, five cars, you're in charge. Coming up with the world, don't trust nobody, gotta look over your shoulder, cause I remember the days when I was a young kid growing up, looking in the mirror, dreaming about blowing up the rock crowd, make money, do what the honey, sign autographs, and whatever the people want from me. It's funny how impossible dreams manifest in the games that be coming with it. When they thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> All right, Kay. Just this one time, I want you to ask me about my affairs. Is it true, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> no. You fucking skiffoos. Uh. <laughs> Our true enemy. As yet. To reveal himself. <laughs> He's on a roll. You read the Bible, Greg? Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this case. Ezekiel 25:17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord. When I lay my vengeance upon thee. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to Pussy Buttons, a uh, another special show for you tonight. I'm your host, Derek Felix, a.k.a. Flex, and Stalin, NYC representative of Staten Island, for all of you out there who know. If you don't know, now you definitely know, like B.I.G., uh, I'm your host, Derek Felix, and over the next hour, I'm going to talk about a little special, little Yankee panic attack, both special, folks. Uh, the Yankees, once again, uh, losers again for the fourth straight time, so they're in a little bit of trouble right now, at least at least in terms of uh, how they've been playing lately. Um, you know, they, they've, had, they've been in first place for a while, as everybody knows, but they got swept by the Blue Jays this past weekend. Only scored one run on a Teixeira home run. Lost that Friday game in extra innings on a uh, Batista bomb. And then uh, they were shut out by the Blue Jays uh, in the last final two games. Josh Donaldson, MVP Caddy, hit a couple home runs. And Batista hit another home run. And also uh, Justin Smoke hitting a big grand slam off Nova. And the Blue Jays went, have gone from basically being six and a half, seven games out 
know, since they made these trades for uh, Tuba Whiskey and now for David Price, guess what? The Blue Jays are only half a game out because the Blue Jays won again tonight. Uh, they went 4-2, to two, and the Yankees come back. They tied the game up at two on a couple of home runs, including from everybody's favorite, Stephen Drew. They take the 4-2 lead at extras, but they can't hold it. Uh, Andrew Miller does not hold it. And the Indians, they lose to the Indians. The Indians walk off in the 16th inning on a Michael Brantley uh, walk-off hit. Uh, scores Jose Ramirez. Uh, they could have lose that on Bradley Pinder. And uh, guess what? The Yankees have now lost four straight games. And suddenly, their once insurmountable lead is down to half a game. Uh, they are still, I think, two games in the loss column over the Blue Jays. But uh, the Blue Jays have closed quick. And uh, they're playing some great baseball right now. Uh, I'd like to uh, bring in my co-host uh, as we talk a little bit about the Yankee panic attack. And there are a lot of fans that are panicked about this, that worried about the Yankees and are kind of jumping off the bridge. And I'm not one of those fans. I'm not going to be like that. They're, they're still in good position. But they do have to get on track, and they're going to have to figure it out. You know, certainly, you know, you expect Edgar Miller to close people out, but he did not. And you certainly expect a little bit better out of some, some of the players that have kind of stopped hitting including top of the order. So uh, we're going to get all to that over the next uh, hour. Uh, let's bring in our co-host, uh, John Giannorio, like KJPG, uh, back again for a second time in three nights. Welcome back. What's going on? Well, not the Yankees right now. and certainly uh, been do- doing their fair amount of struggling. Uh, they're still in first place, though, unlike the Washington Nats. <laughs> but they're there. They, they, they definitely need to get a win tomorrow. You know? Definitely. That, that's important for them to get a win. And they need a win. Who's to pitching out. tomorrow? Uh, let me take a look, actually. You know, uh, Severino pitched tonight's game. Uh, he pitched another second straight good game. You know, similar to his first start against Boston, he only gave up two runs. Two earned runs. Uh, gave up his two runs in the first two innings and then shut the door. He won six innings and. uh struck out two. So he pitched a good game and only walked one. So he pitched well. Now, as far as the matchups go, let me see what I can get for you on the matchups. Ah, tomorrow it's going to be CC Sabathia. So CC trying to give them a second straight good game after he pitched excellent against the Red Sox. He's going up against Danny Salazar. Salazar is a good pitcher. He strikes. He's a strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's got nine wins. Uh, he's got some good stuff with the Yankees not hitting it. They could be in for another tough night. So that's your pitching matchup for tomorrow, uh, if you wanted to know. So there you go. Uh, I think they'll pull it out tomorrow. You do. Well, uh, Thursday and Thursday, it's Nathan Ivaldi who has pitched better. Even though his ERA is high and he's got a great run support, he has started to pitch better. He pitched another good game against the Blue Jays. He's going up against Trevor Bauer, another strikeout artist. You know, the one thing about the Indians, John, you know, they're not in contention and they're – you know, eight games under 500, but uh, they have some pitchers that can flat out strike out, strike out players. They have well excellent control. So, you know, certainly when you have guys like Carrasco, and you have a you have a Bauer, and you have uh, Danny Salazar, these these are guys that that could be like part of a really good rotation if the Indians ever figure it out. So that's something to uh, talk about if you want. Um, and for anybody that's actually listening to this show, thank you. Um, if you have nothing better to do, you're a panic Yankee fan. Thank you for joining us. Um, the phone number, if you actually want to call us, you can. If you're a panic 
baseball fan or you want to talk even about the Mets who continue to win, 347-826-7358, you can call us up. Uh, we're here until about 2 o'clock live. Okay. Uh, Derek and JPJ taking you on for the next 52 minutes. Uh, Mr. Giadorio, uh, your baseball team's been playing pretty well lately, hasn't it? They're, they're on a hot streak. Yeah, they are. So, all right. You you know how baseball goes. When teams are hot, now I mean they're you know everything's working. You know, everything's working. And when when you're not hot, which is where the Yankees are, you're ice cold. So here's a question to you. I'll pull it to you. Are the Yankees just in a slump, or should Yankee fans be pushing the panic button? It, what do you mean pushing the panic button? I mean, there are Yankee fans that are ready to jump off the ship, jump ship, because Joe Girardi's to blame for everything when they lose games, when they suddenly can't score runs, and when uh, and he doesn't, like, leave it out of more and extras and goes to a young pitcher and doesn't want to burn out his pen. Suddenly, it's the manager's fault, and they should fire everybody, even though they're still in first place. Uh, I agree that like he shouldn't be blamed. All right, does that sound like a normal reaction from fans? That, 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 that. Well, what's the expectation of the Yankees coming into this season? Was there Isn't that how New York fans react to everything? Okay, well, that that is true. That's true. That's the way New York sports fans have come. You know, um, now, was there any expectation, though? Was this team supposed to make the playoffs this year? Did anybody cut the Yankees to win the AL East, let alone make the wild card? I don't think Did so. You? I didn't. I didn't. I, I thought they could maybe win 85, you know, maybe 85 games, 85. I thought that was a good number for them. Um, and I thought they could be competitive because I didn't think the division was that strong. And for the most part, I think we've been proven right about that. Now, you've made the point that the Blue Jays, with their current roster, well, that's a much better roster now. You know, they they've dramatically improved, which we have to agree with. You know, they're they're pitching better. Um, they certainly have the offense. Uh, Batista keeps hitting home runs. He had another home run tonight. Um, and the David Price move has worked out so far for the Blue Jays, who are now up to 62 and 52, and they've closed hard. They've closed the gap on the Yankees tremendously. So. Um, so well, they added think? they added one of the best position players and one of the best pitchers in baseball at one tra- yeah. trade deadline. So that's pretty good. Oh, it's, oh, it's excellent. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's definitely, definitely, you know, going to improve things dramatically for them. Um, but you know, the Yankees have a lot of games left with the Blue Jays. They do actually. So. There's there's going to be a three-game series in Toronto. It's going to be coming up very shortly. Uh, there's going to I think there, I think these two teams see each other a bunch of times before the end of the season. Um, for the Yankees, it's it's just about taking care of business right now. Just trying to stop this losing streak. Uh, they were close tonight stopping it, but Miller who's been an excellent closer this year, didn't, didn't get the job done. 
You know, the Yankees pushed across two runs in the 10th inning, but Miller wasn't able to shut the door this time. But then all of a sudden I'm reading tweets about how, you know, they got to make the Tampa closer, and I'm just, I'm just, not, I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna say, oh, well now Girardi should switch closers because ah Miller, Lutzay. I mean, God forbid. You know, Miller was a great sign. I mean, it's, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Stop pushing me that way. Part of the problem right now, that top of the order is not doing the job. Um, Ellsbury and Gardner are not hitting. So when that top of the order doesn't hit, the Yankees are a lot less productive because they need those two guys to get on base, and they're not doing the job right now. So, um, from that standpoint, um, that's one of the reasons why the offense has struggled with this. Um, also, of note, um, Alex Rodriguez uh, has been stuck on 24 home runs. Uh, he does not have a home run over the last 10 games. So, so he's also uh, been quiet lately, close to that. Uh, he still, you know, has 24 home runs and 63 RBIs. But remember, he worked at third. He passed third, so he passed behind um, Gardner. So when those two guys aren't on base and the Yankees are just playing station station baseball, which would be, that's what they've been doing a lot of lately, uh, they've been become dependent more on the home run. And that's something that you don't want to see. I mean, it's good to be able to hit the whole run, but you don't want to become dependent on it. You still want to be able to manufacture runs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be too critical. I think it's like you said, it's they're not, in a bit of a slump. It's not a matter of being critical. You know, it's just, this is just something that's, that's become a trend with this team. Um, um, for example, like uh, Ellsbury and Gardner. Gardner has been stuck on 15 stolen bases, I think, since like June. And I don't think he's attempted a stolen base, or that there was some kind of staff that he hasn't attempted a steal since like maybe two months ago. It's a little crazy, I think. And I mean, Ellsbury is a guy, you know, you want to see play aggressive and run. Uh, he's an excellent runner, a base runner. But Oh, and Garter, by the way, Garter was caught stealing tonight, so he did attempt to steal tonight. So that there's some good news, at least. Um, Boom. But um, both, uh, like, Ellsbury's had 14 stolen bases, and, you know, if, if I go through the game log, it will actually tell me. But then, yeah, I mean, if you look at the game log, Ellsbury's in a big slump. Ellsbury does not have a hit in the last four games. That includes an 0 for 7 the color in seven play appearances tonight, okay? Um, and he was hoped for the Blue Jays series, okay? And I believe Gardner, and Ellsbury's been striking out a lot during this stretch. Wow. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he struck out twice tonight. He has struck out 16 times in the last 10 games. <laughs> That's, uh, and he's only had one two-hit game in, in that, over that time. And the Yankees' record over that stretch is four and six. So 
when you're the off man is not, you know, getting the job done, you know, you are going to struggle and your offense is going to fizzle. And that means that's going to put more pressure on the starters to keep games, keep, to keep the opposition down. So, just a couple of things of note. Um, Brett Gardner. Gardner did get on base once. He walked tonight. Um, but, the Gardner also, um, he had two hits against the Jays. He also set out one of the games. And he's, he's been kind of quiet also lately. Nothing really doing. No RBIs, no run production over the last time either. So, you have those two guys. Uh, well, A-Rod's last home run, July 27 against uh, Texas. I actually remember that one. Went to the opposite field. So, so you have that, those two things. Uh, now, um, I think we both agree. You know, the Yankees, like, when you look at their rotation, they don't have a quote-unquote ace. You know, they don't have a guy who's going to go eight, nine innings and just shut down the opposition. Uh, that's, True. That's, they could have signed one, but you were against that. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you brought it up. So, uh, well, Rob Davis, you know, of course, wanted the Yankees to sign Max Scherzer. Donald Max would have been a good sign. I think anybody would agree he would have approved their chance. I, I don't. I don't dispute that. The Yankees just weren't going to commit that kind of money in those kind of years to a starter. That's just not what they wanted to do. So, you know, they decided that Tanaka was going to pitch this year. Um, he's pitched respectably. Uh, of course, he's had a couple of skips on the DL, not unexpected. But for the most part, he's pitched okay. Um, Eovaldi, who they got, for the Marlins, has 11 wins. So he's been fine. He's been good. Uh, it, it is, he's actually hasn't been allowed as many runs. So that, that's good to see. Because he, he, there were games earlier this year where he got bombed. This is why the year is over four. So, um, Nova, Nova went, went and pitched well against Price on Saturday, but you know, he ran into trouble in that one inning. And Toronto left him in to face Smoke. And Smoke smoked the first pitch he saw. And that decided the game. Grant slam. So, uh, he didn't make the move, and uh, they lost the game. But they, did, they didn't score a run. Uh, but I, I'm just not, like, uh, you know, the manager, look, I mean, he's not perfect. Uh, I mean, Girardi has his fault. And he, he is a guy that manages by the book. And he likes to... What is this by the book bringing... thing that you're so obsessed about? Well, that's what he likes to do, though. You know, when I'm trying to be, you know, he will, you know, bring in pitchers based on matchups. One thing, though, about Girardi, he doesn't do that with his best relievers. The Kansas, of course, and Miller. Those guys are pitching against anybody. Adam Warren, the same thing. Um, you know, don't forget, too, like the Yankees, like Girardi's gotten solid, like, innings out of Chase and Shreve. Chase and Shreve, who has a uh, 201 ERA, pitched the squirrel sitting tonight. 
struck out two. Got a 201 ERA. Justin Wilson, another guy, the guy that got from the Pirates in the Cervelli trade. Cervelli, by the way, almost the hunter of the Pirates on uh, a starting role. Justin Wilson also pitched well. He's got a 2 3 ERA. So, so when you, that's what I'm talking about. Like, when somebody criticizes, like, Jordy's managing with the bullpen, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't look great. And, like, someone was deciding about Warren not, you know, going another inning. Um, Warren's been used a lot lately. And Brian Mitchell pitched the next three innings and struck out five outs. So what is the complaint? What, what are you complaining about? I don't know. I just think some of these fans just they need to just stop or they just need to take a shelf out and just relax. I mean, I agree, but this is kind of how New York fans are. Uh, you know, we're not really going to talk about this, not until a couple months from now. But, like, what happens if the Rangers get off to a bad start or have a bad season? What kind of uh, winter is it going to be out here? Not a good one. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, this one fan that I was debating with, and uh, he's a big Yankee fan. Like, he's complaining. He brought up Steven Drew, who, of course, you know, I've taken his whoop, too, because, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not a he's guy. He's blocking the guy that you like. Well, okay. Steven Drew, right? He complains about Steven Drew getting out of the debate. But when I looked at the box score and I heard, who hit the time home run in tonight's game? Well, Carrasco. Steven Drew. He has 14 home runs. Steven Drew has 14 home runs. So, is that not still solid production, even though he really doesn't hit anything else other than hit home runs? Still has 14 home runs, right? I mean, True. I, I just, like, why bring up Steven Drew if he hit a home run? And they're playing well. He's in the lineup, the one I started to see home run. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of your argument? This is what I don't understand about um, fans. I don't understand this about some of the fans that, that, I, that I talk with. You know, I, I try. I'm trying to be rational about this, you know. And, you know, you have to understand that baseball, baseball is a long sport. Okay? It's 162 games. And there are going to be peaks and valleys. There are going to be times where your team struggles. So this is one of those times for the Yankees. You're going to have to pull those up together. Now, you mentioned something to me before. You said to me in our little chat on Facebook, you said that this team, they have a little bit of grit to them. You know, They have grit. They, they do. So they're a scrappy team. So... To me, and that's the way I view them. They're not just going to throw in the towel, all right? They're not. They're not. They're not the Nationals. They're not a team. They're not a team without heart, like the Nationals are. You know, or, or, oh or without boy! Brains. I mean, a team that's just like basically thrown in the towel. Um, they have not you know, thrown like, in the towel. Come on. Like the Tidman. and at last check. Uh, the Dodgers shut out the uh, Nationals tonight. So I think that's I think that's eight losses in their last eleven games for the Nats. Uh, Yasel Pete, the great Yasel Pete, 
driving all five runs and Zach Greinke gets back on track. He pitches shutout ball and wins his 12th game. So he has his records 12 and 2, six shutout innings and six strikeouts. And two guys who've never heard of for the Dodgers pitched also pitched shutout innings. So there you go. But uh, I just think that I think that and I'm just tired of like the panic. Tired of how fans fans are reacting to this. Um, now you understand how we have all felt about you the last few years. Well, of you course. go crazy over everything. Well, well, I'm trying to appreciate where the Yankees are right now, and to me, they're still in a good position. They're still in a good position to be in. So, I mean, they do. Are they going to have to start winning games? Absolutely. Um, you know, the Orioles have been winning more of their games lately. Uh, they were able to come back and tie up their game against the Mariners. Um, both um, Adam Jones and Chris Davis hit home runs in the eighth inning. Chris Davis has been on fire, actually, lately. Um, Chris Davis got off to a really bad start this year, but ever since I traded for him, he's been hitting, he's been hitting a lot of home runs. He's up to 31 home runs now, and I think he's right there for the RBI lead. So he, he's really been on fire, and he's been carrying the Orioles, actually, lately. So the Orioles are still in play. You know, they're still in play for the wild card, and they're still chasing the Yankees and Jays. So the Yankees definitely have to tell right things, certainly, but I expect them to do it. I do expect them to uh, to win, get back on the win column, and and start start getting back on track. You know, this team with a lot of character. So, but uh, so that, that that's where you are as far as baseball goes. Uh, that's the AL right now. Um, National League, uh, the Mets, they continue to play very well. Um, Matt Harvey, Dark Knight, your favorite pitcher. Um, six, four shutout innings for, uh, eight, actually eight more shutout innings for the Dark Knight. As, uh, eight shutout innings against the Rockies. Against a good hitting team. Four strikeouts, no walks. 97 pitches, 66 strikes. Excellent performance uh, from uh, the Dark Knight, who improves to 11 and 7, and he's pitching better. He's now lower zero at 261. Now he's coming together. Uh, Wild Garris, remember him? He actually had two RBIs and three hits tonight. And Michael Kudair returned and had two hits and scored two runs. So everything's working for the Mets right now. Uh, the Mets uh, now up their uh, lead for first in the NL East to uh, two games and a half over the uh, Nats, or the fading Nats, the team that I think will miss the playoffs in the NL. Um also in the NL, uh, we mentioned the Cubs. Well, I think they had a pretty good night, didn't they? They did. 63 and 48, your Cubs are. Well, they came off the. Uh, They're burying your Giants. Four game sweep there of the uh, defending champions. Um, and they win their fifth straight. They've got 11 and 12. So, and Jorge Soler actually not in a row. Happy about that? He knocked the two runs. He actually got hit by a pitch tip. So my favorite, my favorite uh, 
You don't. Oh. Why do you dislike him so much? Ah, uh, it's not so much that I dislike him. I just like touch your body. It's not the name of the show. No, it is. I believe it's the name of the show. But the Cubs actually did a good job tonight. They hit actually a good young pitcher, Taylor Jungman, a guy that I have on my fantasy team. He took it on the ten tonight. Uh, all they went two and two thirds. Gave him four runs, two were earned. And the Cubs did what they had to do. So they they uh, went again. Dan Harris picked him up or whatever. They picked up Dan Harris. He upset. And uh, he picks up a W. All those pitches into the sixth inning, six strikeouts. And your favorite, your your favorite player, Chris Bryant, up to 249, trying to get into that rookie of the year pick. You know who else played in this game, JPK? Did you see who played? Who? Uh, A guy by the name of Starwin Castro actually got into this game. Um, Starwin Castro actually got in and played second base. A lot of in for Chris Koff. For Chris Koff, one a lot of hit at a run scored at home base. I just thought you would like to know that. That, that Stalin Castro was is still a cop. Okay? So I just want you to know that. Um, Boom. Uh, the Giants needed a win. You know, they, they've been slumping lately. Who do they turn to? They turn to their ace. They turn to the World Series MVP, Ned uh, Bum. And Bumgarner pitches a great game. Bumgarner this year, he's the hitter miss. When he's on, he's been really on. And tonight he's really on. He goes a complete game, gives up only one run, strikes out 12, doesn't walk a batter. And then he went to his 13th game. So, yeah, he's been hit or miss, though. So there have been games where he's been knocked around. Tonight, Bumgarner, this. 105 pitches in nine innings, 70 strikes. That's uh, that's that's why he is one of the better pitchers in baseball. So even if you don't like him, Tom uh, Garner steps up for the Giants. The what Giants does one of the best win. pitchers mean? He's clearly a, a tier or two below guys like Kershaw and Granke, right? Brandon Belt, two home runs uh, for the Giants. You don't want to talk about that. All right. I'm not putting him in the category of Kershaw. I have never put him in that category. But if you call a lot of baseball experts, they will put him in that category because of how he pitched last postseason. Because of one game, basically. No. How about three and a half games? Three plus games. So three three starts, he gets this reputation based on. And he comes out of the bullpen and gets the save. Um, like basically one, one pick up breath. I mean, I mean that's a special pitcher. You know, Oral Horsheiser did that back in 1988. I mean, was Oral Horsheiser the best pitcher in the game? In 1988, he was actually. Um, he was the Cy Award winner, and he had the long sprawl streak. Uh, Bob Garner is only 25 years old. He's an accomplished pitcher, John. Uh, I don't know what more you want. Is he better than Jake Arrieta, for example? Arrieta's a good pitcher. But you have to ask yourself, why did it take Arrieta so long? Why did Arrieta have to go to the Cubs to figure it out? I have no idea, but I think that the two are similar talent-wise. Arrieta's a good pitcher. I like Arrieta, actually. The Orioles gave up on him, uh, and the Cubs got him, and he's 
become a very good starter. So, um, Bob Gardner, uh, he is a three-time All-Star. Um, he's also, of course, an MVP. He won his 80th game by his career tonight. So he's got 80 career wins already at the age of 25. And he's been in the major since he was 20, since, actually since he was 19. He was called up at age 19 in 2009. So he did pitch in 2009, and he's been a starting pitcher, a starter, since 2010. And he's been part of the Giants, uh, all three of their World Series. So that's where you are, you know, with Mad Bomb. Um, would you like to know Mad Bomb's numbers for his postseason career? They're actually pretty good. Tell um, me his numbers. I'll give them to you and tell me what you think. I mean, uh, seven and three, he's seven and three, and uh, ten starts. He has a two one four ERA. Uh, actually, those are, that's twelve starts total. Okay, that's ten series, two one four, seven and three record, fourteen games, twelve starts. One, of course, the save last year. He's got two shutouts, complete game. Let's see his numbers, and you tell me whether or not these are dominant numbers. This is his career postseason. 88 and a third, 63 hits, um, 15 walks, 77 strikeouts. Is that not as good as Kershaw or any other starter? Yeah, but Kershaw puts up those kind of numbers over full season. Oh, so we discount what he did, what he what he's done in the full season is pretty remarkable. I mean, at least agree on yeah, that. but it's 10 starts, Derek. It's, it's actually 12 starts, but it's... Uh, this is the last year, starts, whatever. Well, okay. 21 innings. This is World Series numbers last year. Uh, 21 innings, 9 hits, 17 strikeouts, only 1 walk. And, and a 0.43 ERA. A 2-0 record and a save. That that was his uh that was his World Series last year. Um against the uh Cardinals. Two starts, one and all, one seven two, nine hits, three runs allowed and fifty two thirds. Uh again, we, and again another dominant. Three walks, twelve strikeouts. And of course he completely shut down the uh, Pirates in that game unless the Giants bombed them. Ten strikeouts, a complete game, four hitter, shutouts. Uh, lost the game to the Nats, gave up, and that was his worst start. He went seven innings, gave up three runs, two runs, and six strikeouts. And that's Baumgartner. So you, know, you don't have to you don't have to agree. You don't, you don't have to put him in that category. I'm not telling you to put him in that category. He hasn't won a side on. Uh, his best finish was fourth, and that was last year. Okay. Um, but he's a pretty damn good pitcher, right? He is, but uh, he is, yes. Okay. These are the guys who put us ahead of him last year. Uh, Kershaw, who also won an MVP. Johnny Cueto, who who actually just pitched a complete game in his first Royal start at home yesterday. It's a really good game for them. Uh, Cueto had an excellent year last year, and he finished with no first place votes because Kershaw was dominant. Um, and Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright's been one of the best uh, starters probably in baseball for probably the last half a decade. So, so that was the top three last year as, as far as the uh, Cy Young. Um, Jordan Zimmerman, by the way, was fifth. And your, uh, the other two guys were Cole Howells and Zach Branke. Marietta, by the way, 
got into the top ten. He was ninth with the two class we are uh, just just uh, you want if you wanted a comparison. There you go. A little bit of a comparison for you. Um Arietta's twenty nine years old, actually. So um and the Orioles basically gave up on him, so um he was a fifth round pick. And um Traded by the listed us. This is what you traded, bro. So I hear. Traded with Pedro Strop, the relief pitcher, for Steve Clevenger and Scott Feldman. That was the trade. Wow. The Cubs were uh, the Cubs were good about picking up those reclamation project pitchers, and Arietta's the that one a, worked out really well. Yeah, I mean that was a Arietta always was supposed to have talent. You know, they had touted him and said that he was supposed to be very good. You know that he. So this is a guy who they thought had a bright future. Uh, for whatever reason, um, it just didn't materialize with Baltimore. I don't know if it had something to do with the ballpark. Um, but it didn't materialize under Buck Schalter. Um He had some brutal seasons with the Orioles. But he was young. He was in his mid-20s, and it just didn't happen for him. But he went to the National League and, uh, hey, two consecutive years. Yeah, not two consecutive years. He's uh, he's become one of the better starters in in the National League. So I mean, that's that's excellent. Got a two three RPA eight right. So so that's uh, that's commendable right there. In Thirteen months. So I just uh, I want you up with Jake Arias that line for baseball reference. You know, if you get a chance, you can take a look at it. Uh, it's right over there. And you can look at you can look at how bad he's struggling with the Orioles. Not worth for reading the numbers. Just I mean, he just. For whatever reason, struggle, struggle the Orioles' career, and the Orioles gave up on him. And uh, hey, that allows the Cubs to form a pretty good one-two punch. Uh, Lester's actually pitched much better in the second half. Uh, give give Lester credit, and uh, the Cubs staff is actually pretty solid. Uh, I give the Cubs some credit. Uh, they definitely uh, definitely have a better staff than uh, than they had. Um, recent times, Jason Hamill. We remember they traded him. They traded him to the Orioles. That's part of the deal for Addison Russell. Well, Hamill's has yeah. been a good starter. He came back and saw what the Cubs wanted to come back. That's worked out pretty well. Uh, but you, 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 you certainly have to like where you're at, at least uh, as far as your pitching. And you know, um, I mean, Hendricks is just Hendricks. I mean, he's a serviceable guy. Not anything great, not anything special. You know what the ironic part is? That I just was looking at this Pedro Strop is still on top, actually. And Strop actually, he's got 55 strikeouts and 49 and two-thirds. So he's one of your better, like, middle relievers. So he's done a nice job for the Cubs. But his record is one and five. So that, that's, uh, James Russell, by the way, got a save for the Cubs tonight. Uh, yeah, just uh, just some thoughts there on uh, the Cubbies. Uh, the Cubs are looking pretty good, you know? So you have to be pretty happy with uh, where you're at. Really. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am happy. Well, and I think they're gonna they're gonna sign another another big time starter next year. Just updating this uh, Orioles game. Uh, it looks like the Orioles are about to lose. Uh, it is the basis loader right now for the Mariners, so basis jacked ball Mariners in the bottom of the 10th, uh, and the Mariners just walked off. 
Uh, they do walk off. Austin Jackson, Austin Jackson, if you remember, uh, are also part of that three-way trade with the Yankees and the Diamondbacks and Tigers. Gets a walk-off single, shallow right, and the Mariners uh, defeat the Orioles. So that's a costly loss for the Orioles. The Orioles had a chance to cut into that uh, Yankee lead and get closer to that wild card. So they came back, but they wound up wound up losing in the extras. So. Mariners uh, do the Yankees and some other teams' favor right there, including the Angels, who will pull off the slump lately. Uh, so that, that you go. A little bit of help from the Mariners. Uh, teams. Um, and we still have about 20 minutes left in this uh, live portion of the show. Um, anything on your mind? Want to pull something out there? Uh what are your predictions for who's going to make the playoffs? I'm giving you the floor. I mean, I'm actually was curious to saw what you thought. Uh, um, uh, my predictions. You want to something really a lot? You know, the Yankees losing all these games. Um, guess what? The Tampa Rays are back in play. Um, they're only five games behind and out of first place right now. The Rays now, are not making the playoffs. You know, they're probably not making the playoffs. You know, they're big basically have given up. That's true. But somehow, with a 57-56 record, they're only five teams out. Huh? And the, by the way, the Angels are 59-53. and 53. And they're one of the wild cards, which means that the Rays, the Rays, with without a Longoria who's not the same player and with just a very up-and-down roster, they're only like a game and a half or two games off the wild card, if you can believe that. Um, just, just something to throw out there for you, you know. Um, yeah, I'll take it. Um, oh, Robinson Cano, by the way, has been having a really good second half. Um, I don't know. He, uh, he's back. He's got his average up to 268 now. Uh, he's having a good second half. Um, and he's, he's now up to a respectable 12 ball about 650 RBIs. It's still not the kind of numbers you expect from Kana. But, you know, I bet by the end of the year, he's probably going to have between 18 and 20 home runs. He'll probably have 75 to 80 runs knocked in. Which, you know, considering where he started and how bad he was in the first half, uh, I think he'll take it. So, but not the kind of season, you know, you would expect from Robbie Kana, certainly. But, uh, um, who do I think will be in the playoffs? Well, I think we both agree the Blue Jays. They're going to be in the playoffs. Um, yeah. I still believe the Yankees will be in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of, I told you, I'm not pushing the pad button. I think that they've got a lot of character. I think they'll find their way in. Uh, the Royals, of course, they lead the AL Central by like 12 games over the Twins. Obviously, they've, they've got a spot locked up. Um, those last couple of spots, right? You've got the Astros. The Astros are still in first place, I think, by a game right now. All for those Angels. Uh, the Texas Raiders, that's your team, or Rob's team. Uh, they're four and a half out, 55. That's my team. What the hell? Yes, you, you like the Raiders. You're now a Raiders fan, aren't you? Oh, my God. Sure. You're a jackass. I am a jackass. But I thought you liked the Rangers. 
The Texas Rangers? Yes. Uh, don't you? You like where they're going? They got Cole Havels. Uh, no, I said they didn't give up very much to get him. I didn't say I liked him. Uh, I thought you liked them. I thought that you did like them, actually, but I guess uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, notice that we're not pushing buttons tonight, really. We're actually, like, we're actually not pushing buttons here. Discussing peacefully? I know. What's going on with us? Well, I'm trying a new thing, actually. I'm trying to be more peaceful in discussion. So just, just something of note right there for you to address, you know. Uh, by the way, um, they had some classic NBA games on. And this is what I like about, like, summer NBA TV is that they'll show sometimes they'll show some of those old classic playoff games. So they had the Knicks and Bulls on from 1996. Uh, I think I mentioned to you on Facebook, you know, but uh, I was watching it. It was uh, game three of 96 Easter Conference semifinals, a game that the Knicks led by 13 points, the Garden. Um, they did win the game in overtime, but of course Jordan dropped 46, and nearly willed the Bulls all the way back to a 3 all lead. Uh, that wasn't a good series for the Knicks. They lost in five games. But uh, it was really fun to watch, you know, what I call real basketball, you know, where there's actual passing and they're actually spreading up the court. And it's not just it's not just isolation, you know, like we see now. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I really, I really enjoyed watching what I saw, you know. Especially watching Patrick Ewan, uh, watching some of the shots he made, and watching John Starks, and just just watching and watching the Bulls run some of their sets. It's actually a lot of fun to watch. So uh, it made me think. And by the way, you know what the you know what the game all the way into the late night was, and I watched the beginning of it because I couldn't stay up. But um, have you ever seen the Knicks? when they beat the Celtics in Game 5 at Boston Garden? I haven't. How is it? Unbelievable. It's, it's totally different basketball, okay? I mean, back then, that was when the Celtics were basically unbeatable to beat in their arena. You know, back in the old Boston Garden, when they used to turn the heat up, and, like, they actually would leave the heat on in, like, the locker room. And, you know, give themselves, like, a fair advantage. Um, you know, this game was back in 1990, okay? And this is when Ewing was, like, you know, still, like, at his third or fourth year. So, um, I watched the first quarter. Um, and the Knicks got off to a bad start, which wasn't really a surprise. Like, they fall behind 2012. And, of course, the Celtics, they have, like, that classic lineup. They got third. They got McHale, they got Paris, they got Dennis Johnson, DJ. And, and uh, you know who was also was other starting right off that? Uh, who? Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis. Uh, Reggie Lewis, um, number 35. Uh, actually, that was my friend, Tim Amos, who was a month apart with him. That was his favorite Celtic back, back in the early 90s. And then he died. He had, like, the... Uh, heart problem condition that he got. And uh I forget it. Um he you know, back, back when, remember I told you how we used to work at the camp, at J C camp or whatever? The next yeah. day he, he he came in, he was wearing a Reggie Lewis uh jersey. But Reggie Lewis 
Percy Willis was a really talented player for the Celtics. Um, and if he didn't die, like, the Celtics could have been a lot better in the 90s. You know, they wouldn't have been such a miserable team. Um, you know, that's the thing about the Celtics. You know, they, if they had... Who's the other guy that has a cocaine overdose? Len Bias. Len Bias. So... Like, if those two things don't happen, there's no telling how good the Celtics could have been. They could have still been that good. And they still could have been competing for championships. I don't know if they would have been on the level of the Bulls, but they would have been right there in the mix. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Reggie Lewis, he passed away on July 27, 1993. So it was actually the 20-year anniversary couple years ago. Um, this is a, he was a very talented guy. Um, he was in that he was a six seven, very versatile, kind of small forward slash guard. It's obviously a matchup problem, all right? Um, and uh, he collapsed and died. And uh, he put up yeah, you know, I was looking at the stats from this game from this game and he put up like nine assists and he had like twenty three or twenty four points. He was that good. He was really good, actually. And uh, he didn't play for a big school, either. Um, he played for Northeastern, actually. So he was um, 27 when he passed away. So just a little bit of, like, background on Reggie Lewis um, from Baltimore, Maryland. He was a first-round pick in 87 draft, actually. Oh, you know what he played for? He played for Lawrence Dunbar. That's, that was actually a really great high school in Maryland, actually, that produces talent. Um, yeah, I mean, it yeah it makes you think actually, because because this you know the Celtics, if you know they had Lynn Bias, what if they had Lynn Bias and Reggie Lewis, like after all those guys left, like how much better could they have been? That's a really good question. Really good question to ask when it comes to the Celtics, but you know. It's uh, but the Knicks both get behind 2012 because I watched or whatever, and, and then they fell again behind by I think by eight or nine points. Like, if I was an older fan at that point, I would have been like, they're gonna get blown out. There's no way they're winning this game. You know, that's back when you had the five-game series, and the Knicks lost the first two games of that series. You know, they won the two games at the Garden, and then they wound up winning the uh, fifth game on the parquet floor. In Boston Garden, which is was which was impossible to do. Um, coincidentally, uh, Patrick Ewing did not get off to a good start in that game, but he wound up having a pretty good game, never nevertheless. And Charles Oakley was just a beast on the board. So, uh, you know who the Knicks point guard was starting at that point? Who? Maurice Cheeks. Um, the uh. They made a trade. Uh, they, they traded Brock Strickland for Maurice Cheeks. Uh, they got Cheeks from San Antonio. Cheeks used to be a starter on the Sixers. And what happened was because of that, Mark Jackson you know, lost a lot of playing time and went from being a starting point guard to being on the bench. So, you know, if, can you imagine if that happened today? 
Yeah. How do you think I would react? Whatever You'd go nuts. Yeah, I would go nuts. See, yeah, You'd go see, nuts. I'm being fair about it. I'm being fair yeah. about it. Maltese was good, though. He was really good. Actually, he was a very, very good point guard, actually. Very underrated. Underappreciated. But had a had a really good career, actually. Um, he also played for the uh, Portland Blazers, too, I want to say. But, but um, did I not link you up a box score? What, what, which box score did I link you up? Was it the Knicks and Bulls? But which box score did I link up? I linked you up a box score, I think, yesterday. In the middle of the night. You remember which box score I linked up? What's that? I linked you up a box score. All right, let me check it out. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I mean, it, it was one of those games that I was watching. I just happened to come across it on the uh, on my on my cell phone. So I, I don't see anything. All I see is J, the Jake Arrieta stuff. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be way up because cause this is a chat that started, you know, that's been that's been that's gone all day. So I'm actually backtracking. I'm backtracking right now, and I'll see if I can relink it to you. Um, let's see. Oh, that's right. I linked up the Matt Duffy article, and we had a big argument about that. Jeez. What a shock. Shocking. Let's see here. Uh, this, maybe I didn't link it to you. In, did I link it to you in the chat room, maybe? Yeah, you linked it in the chat room, and then you stormed out. I linked out it in the chat room. room. Yeah, yeah, it's in the chat room. All right, yeah, I found it. You actually found it. All right. So, so which game was that that I linked up? I'll I'll send it to you in in our private, in our yeah. private chat. All right. By the way, why did you storm? Up. Why did you storm out of the chat room again? No reason. <laughs> yeah, this time for a change. Yeah, I don't know. Brian Tapperer was starting to get a little invasive, invasive on privacy, so I just decided to throw out in the chat room. Oh yeah, well that's right. The Knicks in that year, they wound up facing the Pistons in the next round. Uh, oh, that's right. The, I remember the reason I linked this up to you was because I was I was out of curiosity. I was looking at the stats to see how many three-point shots were taken, and I noticed the trend that teams didn't really shoot three-pointer that much back then. Why do you think that is? No one was good at shooting threes back then. But that's not true. The, the Knicks had the Knicks used to have a bomb squad, right? They used to have this. They, used, they nicked themselves a bomb squad. You can ask my brother about this. Uh, Matter of fact, I should tell Jay enough to call into the show. Uh, we still have five minutes. You can still get in. Um, the bomb squad, right, consisted of uh, Mark Jackson, um, Tiki Vandalek, um Johnny Newman, um, Gerald Weckens, and Trent Tucker. Every one of these guys could shoot three-pointers, okay? So they used to actually be a three-point shooting team. So, and they actually made a shirt called the Bomb Squad. Um, you can ask my brother about it. He'll confirm it for you. I'm going to call him for the show. Me and JPG right now. Five minutes left. Okay, he's been back for our last call. Want to call it? 
I'm talking about the Knicks and the old bomb squad. Yeah, call in for 2 o'clock. I just told him to call in. See if he calls in. Let's see if he go. actually beats the, uh, beats the uh, bell, you know? Saved by the bell there. Oh, man. You never heard of the bomb squad, right? I've never heard of it. You there? I'm here. APG? Yeah, what's going on? Ah, you there? Well, all right. I don't know where John is. Uh, I'm yeah, here. The Knicks, the Knicks here. Derek, squad. I'm here. Derek, and, Derek. Yeah, like I said, these guys could all shoot the So You really um, can't hear me? Matter of fact, what I'm going to actually do is I'm actually going to I'm gonna look it up. Because, because there should be, like, if you punch it in, you should, there should be something on the Knicks about the bomb squad. Uh, Knicks, let's see here. Uh, here we are. Long right shooters are on target. Uh, this is an article from uh, 1989. All right. Um, let me check here. He says that I muted him. Let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. Um, all right, I'm going to have to tell him to call back in. Um, I actually disconnected him by accident. Anyway, I found an article here about the bomb squad. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully, JPG will get back into the show. Uh, okay. We do have my brother, though, so let me bring in Justin. Uh, hi, Justin. How are you? What's up? Are you on? Are you on? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. This is very odd. I mean, like, I'm not hearing anything. Hello? Hey, Barney, can you hear me? Speak. Hello? 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 Um, there's a problem. I hear you. Are you coming in? Are you, are you coming in? Yeah. I can't hear you. hear me? You know, it's a connection problem. There's, there's something wrong with the connection. Um, I'm on the, I hear you guys. This is really odd. Could you hear me? Yeah. It's a technical issue because just just Justin on our show. It's a tech issue. Uh, Justin, Just. JP, I'm gonna on my line. Dad. Hello. Because if we call. Yeah, there's Hello. some kind of problem. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if we're being heard right now. So I hear um, you. If we're not being heard, there's no way I can even figure out if we're being heard or, or if uh, if not. But I'm gonna, I'm going to try to have them call my number, and this way we can figure out if we're actually being heard because it doesn't sound like we're even alive or something. I don't know. I don't know. But 
about to end at least the live portion. So if anybody tuned in, thanks for tuning in. Um, definitely have more shows in the future. Um, I call my number. I think it's a tech issue. It's a tech issue. Flex and effects? Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if we have a problem or not. Justin? Hello? Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Can you you can hear Justin, right? I can hear Justin, yeah. So that means Justin got back on somehow with with this with this network. I don't know. Alright, so we're actually in overtime right now, guys. So welcome oh. overtime. Um Let me do a show. Huh? What made you do a show? Yankee panic attack mode. That's what made me do a show. Oh, okay, okay. Now, I was telling John about the Knicks, the old Knicks. They had a bomb squad. Remember that? A little bit. I started watching in like 91, 90. Well, guess what? I just found a classic poster of the Knicks bomb squad. I mean, this picture is so awesome that I'm actually saving it to my... I'm actually going to save it. It's so awesome. It's a, it's actually like this picture of every one of the members, including Mark Jackson and uh, Johnny Newman and Trent Tucker and uh, who else is... Kiki Vandewey? Actually, Vandewey's not in this one. They traded for Vandewey. What year is this? The following. 1989. Uh, so like, uh, I, I wasn't really watching. Gerald Wilkins is in it. Um, who else is in this right here? This is a really awesome picture, actually. Uh, yeah. All right. So Rod Strickland did it, too. So the squad is made up of Mark Jackson, Gerald Wilkins, Trent Tucker, Rod Strickland. Team that shot a lot of threes? Johnny Newman. Yes. Yes. JPJ. Okay. I'm sending you a link uh, of this picture because it's just amazing. Um, Jam me that link. Uh, I think you'll like it. Jam it. What's up, JPG? What's going on, JNF? What's going on? Not much. This is a succulent? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm really no. I'm really sorry about the connection. I, I didn't know you. I didn't know. I didn't know you guys. I didn't know you guys were doing a show, but my brother said, uh. Hold on, there was like five minutes left, so I called in. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just decided. I I got into an argument with this Yankee fan who started blaming Girardi for the fact that they're starting to lose games. And I'm just like, they're losing games because they're not doing the things they were doing, you know, that they've been doing all season. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's, it's a classic overreaction of fans here. And of course. So like, yeah, but I'm I'm actually, I'm just not ready to push the panic button. So, uh, I want when you look at this picture, you're gonna probably laugh because it's it's really gangster. Um, Doesn't it include white people with short shorts? Right, JPG. Who wears short shorts? White people in basketball. Oh, JPG, you're going to like this. You ready for this? 
what's going on. 24 years ago today, the Rugrats debuted on Nickelodeon. Or whatever. Touchdown, Tommy. Touchdown for Tommy, the greatest episode. (laughs) Right up there with Pickledy Fickledy for Doug. (laughs) (laughs) So so you've never heard of the Bomb Squad, right? Of course I've never heard heard of of the Bomb Squad. I'm not a native New Yorker. Well... Well, basically, I told you, they're all six of these guys could sue for three. And um, that was part of the Knicks strategy back in 1989. So when you look at the Knicks back then, yeah. I mean, you know what's funny? Because the reason we even got in on this topic, like, I was just, I started looking at old playoff games, stat sheets, and I know. teams did Teams did not shoot a lot of three pointers for some reason. So, you know. Well, it was a more inside game back then. You needed a center and stuff. Yes. It was a different game. This is what I was trying to, you know, explain to Giorgio. Uh, very differently played. Um, the bomb squad came to be because of guess who coached the Knicks back then? Giorgio. Who likes to who likes the three pointer? What college coach likes to, likes to emphasize the three-pointer? This oh, is no. one, of the, one of the great coaches. Still coaches today. Take a guess. It's a guy that you um, um, should be able to get it. Jim, Jim Beheim? No, not Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim <laughs> is known for the Jim Beheim's known for the two-three zone. Uh, what college uh, coach thinks he's better than everybody? He's one of. I'll give him a hint. Though. Can I give you a hint? Can I give you a hint? Give me a hint. This college coach likes to fuck people in his restaurants when nobody's there on the table. Oh, <laughs> oh Flick, man. Flick Rick. Yeah. Rick <laughs> Flick Rick. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a great hit, Justin. That was really good. He really had to work. <laughs> Rick Pitino, um, he used to coach Providence, right, before he took the Dick's job. Uh, the Providence Friars, you know who one of uh, Petito's players was on the Providence Friars? I'll give you a hint. He's another successful college coach. That's what. Is this one like one. people on tables or an empty restaurant? Uh, one back-to-back championships and coast a player that you're familiar with that you don't like for some reason on your former team. <laughs> <laughs> so what? who did Rick Petito coach in college? Oh, Derek Rose? I have no idea. No, not Derek Rose. Knee Rose. There's another player on the Bulls that you've had an up-and-down relationship with and now turned against that was coached by this coach and helped them win two championships. If I say the school, you'll get it easily. Wait, what coach? 
who coached Blocky Nola in college? Oh, I see. Billy yeah, Donovan. Yeah, he's a, he's a loudmouth. Billy Donovan. Yes. Billy Donovan played his college ball for Rick Petito in the Providence Friars. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of that before. Yes. That he played, he played for the, as a matter of fact, uh, the 1987 Friars, uh, they made a run. I think they made a run to the Final Four. And Billy Donovan was one of Petito's three-point shooters. So, yeah. So that that's where... And then Donovan, of course, went on to be a successful um, coach. But uh, he also was a very good college basketball player, too. So just something uh, to note about um, just about um, uh, the connection. There you go. There you go right there. Um, And now Billy Donovan is going to coach the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go work out for him. Good luck with that. My God. Good luck. Uh, I think that's a nightmare. I I don't know if he could do that. But, I mean, I I, I just don't think that's a good fit. No, I think it's a hot But... He's been a successful coach. Yeah, yeah, Billy Donovan actually was a reserve guard on the New York Knicks under Petito in 1988. Actually. So he actually was on the Knicks roster. I did not know that. Billy Donovan was a Wall Street broker, actually. And then he wound up uh, with Petito to Kentucky and served as an assistant coach. Donovan was an assistant coach. He then coached at Marshall University, and then he wound up coaching the uh, theaters. So, there you go. That's uh, Billy Donovan. There you go. Resume. Succulent Billy Donovan. Donovan was a uh, was a good. He was an excellent shooter. Um, yes. Um, he led the he led the six seeded Friars to the '87 Final Four. Um, and he was just he was just a great shooter. So, but when Petito left to take the Knicks job, that the Knicks became a three point shooting team. So, and that's how the bomb squad became known. They they became the bomb squad. Okay? Like even though they had Patrick Ewing, they had all these guys that could shoot three pointers. Um, like for example, right. You know how many points, guys, the Knicks average under Patino in offense? No. Justin, you know how high scoring this team was? 100 to 4? How about 116 points a game? Top three. They averaged 116 points. You know how many points they gave up? 100. More than that. What do you think, JP? How many points do you think the Knicks gave up? They scored 116.7. So how many points did they give up? 118. 112.9. So they, they were still winning games. Like, they won 50 games other Patino. But they were just doing it by outscoring teams. Okay? Um, like, they beat the Sixers in three straight, and they lost to the Bulls. The Bulls beat them in 1989 in the second round. Um, they beat them four games to two. 
that's there you have it. Um, yeah, the one thing I like about looking at basketball reference, this gives you every game. Like, you could look up every game. You could see the scores. You know, by the way, most of the games in this series were close. Uh, this was actually a close series um, between two young and upcoming teams. Um, as a matter of fact, the Bulls, the Bulls beat the Knicks in game six in Chicago by two points, 113-111. If they don't, the series goes back to the New York. And I don't think the Bulls would beat the Knicks in the Garden in game seven, even with Michael Jordan. Can you believe that, JPJ? I can't believe it. You know, by the way, I wasn't home for this, but apparently they scored Michael Jordan scoring 69 points against the Cavaliers back in 1990 yesterday. So they actually had another classic game on. Um, Three-point shooting, by the way, uh, in that final game, the Knicks made 7 out of 12 threes. In that game, uh, Patrick Ewing finished with 22 points, 13 boards, 6 assists and three blocks. Mark Jackson with 22 and 12 assists, right? Um, and three, well, three out of three from three. Gerald Wilkins, 22 points. Justin, that's three players. Yeah. Three both starters that all had 22 points, and they lost. Uh-huh. Johnny Newman had 17 points. So uh, Oakley did not have a good game. Six points, only six rebounds. Uh, it was ineffective. Fred Tucker off the bench. Fred Tucker was a muddy three-point shooter. 14 points, three out of four from three. And you you know about Trent Tucker, right? That they changed the rule. You know about the Trent Tucker rule? I don't know. You don't know about Trent Tucker? Okay. Um, why do you think that players are not allowed to take a shot with one type of a second left? How do you think that came to be? I don't know. Okay. There's a, this is a history lesson for you, John. He's done. In a Christmas game, okay? Uh, actually, I don't... Actually, it wasn't a Christmas game. Was it just was it a game in February? I think maybe 1990? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Thank you. Okay, so it was Martin Luther King game, right? The Knicks were playing the Bulls. Uh... The Knicks were trailing. Uh, they called timeout. The Knicks had the ball with one half of a second left. They inbounded Trent Tucker. Trent Tucker made a three-point shot, from just a ridiculous three-point shot to beat the ball with the buzzer. That changed the rule. That became known as the Trent Tucker rule. They changed the rule because of Trent Tucker's three-pointer. Back then, you could hit out the ball, and a guy could actually take a shot with one type of a second. They changed the rule. The Trent Tucker rule. I didn't know that. Huh. Yep. The Trent Tucker rule. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe it was, was it 1990? I want to say 1990. As a matter of fact, the first yeah, thing you punch it on, on Trent Tucker, Trent Tucker rule. The Trent Tucker rule. On January 15th, 1990, Trent Tucker, okay? Trent Tucker, so here it is. Um, 
Tucker made a three-point shot, got off a wild three-point shot. This was a ridiculous three-point shot, okay? Uh, there's one type of second left, so he's obviously being guarded tightly. The shot counted, and the Knicks won the game. After Bulls coach, and this is why I hate Bill Jackson, and I hate why I couldn't – actually, let me, let me rephrase that. This is why I couldn't stand Phil Jackson, and I could not stand the Bulls in the 90s, because they always complained. So after Bulls coach Phil Jackson, both separately complained following the game, the NBA immediately established a rule that states that point three needs to be on the clock in order for a player to get a shot off, whenever they, whether they make it or not. Instead of point three seconds, only a tip-in or a high lob will count. So basically, Weiner Phil got the rule changed. Well, you could thank Phil Jackson, JPG, for the fact that the rule got changed. Excellent. All right. Um, Trent Tucker was a great shooter, actually. Um, he lasted a decade with the Knicks. Um, they drafted him sixth overall. Um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't one of these guys that you know averaged twenty points, but he was a great shooter. Okay. So he was like, he basically he was the Knicks. He was basically the Knicks Craig Hodges, or, or the Knicks, uh, I don't know, John Paxson. That was Trent Tucker for the Knicks. So he was really good. It's like, if, if Trent Tucker had got on a, uh, you know, if Tucker, Tucker actually was on, did you know that, I didn't realize that Tucker was on the Bulls in 93. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. He was? Yeah, that's what it says here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it says that he was on the Bulls. In that '93 season, that was his final year. So he was. I thought you said '96. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's just the year that. Yeah, his last season was '93, actually, according to this. So, but, um, as a matter of fact, you know, since we are in overtime, and we've got maybe ten minutes left, um, I'm actually gonna link you. I don't know how he made that shot. Honestly. Basically, he waits for Tucker to cut across. Tucker takes a fadeaway three and drains it. Tucker just comes off and takes the pass from Mark Jackson, and he drains the shot. And this is this is what changed basketball, actually. So, and it altered uh, and it changed changed the way uh, changed things up. I actually linked it to Rose it also just to see if I'll get any kind of thoughts from him. Because we know about Rosen is an interesting full stack. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, the, the Knicks did have the bomb squad. That is a true fact. So they did have guys that could make the three-point shot. Uh, that was one of their uh, things. Yeah, they, they actually uh, had a lot of guys who could actually shoot the ball. Uh, and they won the Atlantic Division by outscoring teams. That's about, that's the, this is the roster that was the Knicks that year. Like you had Patrick Ewing, Mark Jackson, Johnny Newman, Charles Oakley, um, Rod Strickland, um, Trent Tucker, Kiki Vandewey. You were right about Kiki Vandewey, by the way. He was on that roster. Uh, Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker, JPG. Have you heard of Kenny Walker before? Nope. Teddy Walker was a great college player for Kentucky, right? Uh, the Knicks drafted him pretty high. 
Um, the problem with Kenny Walker is he had injuries. He couldn't stay healthy. Like he had a he wants he had a Bruce Sterling actually, and he was a, he was actually went fifth overall in 1986. So he was expected to be really good. Um, Teddy Walker is known for winning the slam dog contest. That's that's his claim to fame. Uh, and Teddy Walker actually, like his first two seasons were solid. He averaged over 10 points a game. First two years, he was athletic and he was good defensively. Teddy Walker was a really a solid defensive player, great leaper. So, but he became more of like a specialist under the Knicks. Uh, he became more of a specialist and a guy who would come off the bench eventually. And that that was that, and he just couldn't stay on the court. Uh, he, he lasted. He played. He stayed at the NBA until he was thirty, and then he wound up going overseas. So he, he just didn't have the career that many people expected. You know, like he had, he had talent, right? He was six eight, two hundred and ten pounds. He could play both small and power forward, very athletic. But he didn't stay healthy and just didn't turn into the player that they thought he would be. Injuries were part of the problem for Kenny Walker, um, but a very talented player. Um, Gerald Wilkins, Eddie Lee Wilkins. Remember Eddie Lee Wilkins, Justin, the backup center. Yeah. Awesome. These were awesome. These were fun times to be a Knicks fan, actually. Um, I have to admit, I, I really enjoyed watching the Knicks back then. I mean, all right, they, all right, they weren't championship caliber, but these are teams, you know, that when you're a teenager and you're watching them, they were fun to watch. You know, they they could score the basketball, uh, and they were exciting. They were a lot of fun to watch. Johnny Newman was a really good shooter and a, and a very good scorer also that they had for a little while. Um, you had Trent Tucker off the bench, Vandaway. Vandaway, you know, if I look back on those teams, I don't think Vandaway played enough on those teams. He just didn't get a fair shake. Maybe because he was older, but he was a he was a he was a proven shooter and a proven scorer that they got from the Nuggets. Uh, Kiki Vandaway used to be like one of the highest scorers in the NBA uh, with the Denver Nuggets, actually. So, uh, yeah, and um, like I remember, I, I this back then, JPJ. You know how I always call you a stat master. Well, guess who used yeah. to study? Guess who used to study box scores every morning? Looking at like box scores. Derek Field. You. Yes. Oh my God. Back in listen to this. At the age twenty five, Tiki Vandaway averaged twenty nine point four points with the Nuggets. Twenty nine point four points. Uh that was his high water mark. Um thirty six point seven from three. Uh, he went to Portland and he shot forty eight point one percent three point left and averaged twenty point two points with the Blazers at age twenty eight. Um he he lasted four seasons with the Blazers or I think it was in his fifth year and the Knicks traded for him. And his first two seasons with the Knicks, he averaged like he averaged eleven point seven in the middle row, but in nineteen ninety ninety one he started most of the year, right? Averaged sixteen points. Averaged over sixteen points a game. And shot thirty six point two from three, and was almost fifty percent. Fifty percent. So he was he was good, but he didn't. He kind of fell out of favor, and the Knicks, the Knicks went in a different direction. But this was a guy who could score the ball. 
just goes to show you. Yeah, but they, for whatever reason, he did, he just didn't he didn't play that much for these teams. Um, I don't even know how I got in on the Knicks, but it, it's actually fun to actually discuss like some of these old teams, just to, because these are the teams that like these were the teams that weren't formulated yet. Um, interestingly enough, um. You know, Kiki Vanto was actually traded um, from the Mavericks with a first-round pick for a first-round pick. Dallas never made a trade. Uh, actually, you know who they got back in exchange? Rolando Blackman. Rolando Blackman also wound up playing on the Knicks and did not play enough with the Knicks back in 9394, Justin, as we know. Uh, I know. Yeah, and Rolando Blackman might have been the guy that maybe should have replaced Starks when he was having his nightmare game. So, um, very interesting. Mandaway was waived by the Knicks in June 24, 1992. They waived him. Um, but uh, the Knicks did not give up a lot to get him. Um, they traded, they did, actually, they traded their first round pick. But the guy they, they traded, Fire, they drafted the Blazers, Byron Irvin, uh, he did not have much of a career. Um, so that was a good trade for the Knicks. And also went for the Knicks. Um, and just to show you that, like things are connected. Rolando Blackman wound up on the Knicks from the from the Mavericks and hardly played. Did not play enough on the Pat Riley, and then wound up retiring. And he was also a, a proven shooter who could shoot even the outside. So, but did not play. A lot. He was a great. Play. He was actually a really good scorer for the Mavericks for his career. So, just a few history lessons for you, John, on the old NBA, if you will. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I mean, you can't always have panic attacks about the Yankees. You know, can't always like panic about stuff. But, um, I like those teams. I really did enjoy watching all those teams play. Um, the biggest problem with those teams, like, they drafted Mark Jackson, and then, like, a year later, they drafted Rod Strickland. So they had two guys who could play starting point guard. And so there was always, like, confusion, like, well, what are they doing with Rod Strickland, right? Um, so you want to hear something really interesting? Um, in that season where they scored all those points, look at this. Mark Jackson averaged nine assists a game, right? Nine assists, five rebounds, and 17.7 points. Okay? Um, Rod Strickland, guys, in that same season, averaged 19 points and 8.5 assists and four rebounds. The Knicks had two point guards who averaged over eight assists a game. Now, that's crazy. That really is crazy. And uh, you remember Pete Myers? Pete Myers who's well known for that yeah. fight he had. Pete Myers of the Knicks, right? In like only 29 games, Pete Myers averaged over seven assists a game and over 12 points a game. As a matter of fact, right, this is insane. If you look at the whole Nick roster in 1989, every Nick, every Nick averaged over 10 points a game. Every Nick was over 12 points a game, according to this. 12 points a game. 
how many rosters could do that? The entire roster, JPG, all scored double digits. Uh, I just linked it up to you. You want to see proof of it? That's how good, that's how talented a roster they had. This is a roster with Sidney Green. Sidney Green was on this. Teddy Skywalker, who I told you about. Uh, Eddie Lee Wilkins. Uh, actually, you know what? This is based per 36 minutes. Per 36 minutes, the whole roster averaged double digits. So, so not the whole roster averaged over double digits. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. But I got excited there for a second, guys. But, you know, when you look at the roster, though, this was a very talented roster. The problem was is that they couldn't play everybody. So, like Rod Strickland, for example, if Rod Strickland played the same amount of minutes as Mark Jackson, he probably would have put up eight, eight and a half assists also. He wound up with half of it. So, eventually, Rod Strickland got traded. That's why they traded Strickland for uh, Maurice Cheeks the following year, because they realized they couldn't have two point guards. And then they wanted to trade for both Cheeks anyway, so he could be, like, their starting point guard. And Mark Jackson eventually got dumped to the uh, Clippers uh, for Charles Smith. That was a Charles Smith trade. Um, I think that's going to do it for this show. I'm pretty sure we're going to get cut off, guys. Um, any final thoughts on this? What? That's your final <laughs> thought. Yep. You're a psychopath, you know that? Uh, you really are a psycho. Uh, uh, how how is how is Queens by the way? Before we get cut off. How's what? How's Queens? Succulent. Have there been lots of toilets in the area? So many toilets. There have. Uh, friend Copper man. Is Phil Jackson a complainer? Who? It's Phil Jackson, a complainer. Yeah. Yes. Do you agree with him, though, that the rule had to be changed? Yeah. So, all right, we agree about that. I mean, it's just... I just... Yeah, you figured that he had something to do with the rule change. So, but... I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you you know, Chris Boissel is on vacation right now. <laughs> but yes, if you go to Chris Does Boissel's he have a boner for his bone? Chris Boissel's Facebook says that he just held a so-called pushing button Yankees fans panic attack. <laughs> Gee, I wonder how that could have come to be. Uh, oh, boy. Who would have created such a show? That'd be me. Giodorio, did you hear what happened what? with the test today? No, what happened? You don't know about it, do you? Um, did you hear that? Um, uh, Gito Smith got a Smith got his door broken today by a player in the locker room. I didn't know that. Uh, yes. He's out. He's out. I think, what's he out? Like six to eight weeks, Justin? Is that, is that what it is? Six to ten. Six to ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what happened was they got into a fight. Do you want to hear what the fight was about? Because it's really childish. 
apparently um, the guy who the guy was upset with him because, like, I guess Gino Smith uh, was supposed to attend like uh, his charity thing, his charity event. The reason Cheeto Smith couldn't attend, he had to be at a funeral for one of his buddies. So, so apparently, they got into a little locker room dispute about it, and then the guy decided to clean his clock and broke his jaw, and then got himself released from the Jets. Just another great day in Jets land. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's the Jets for you. Uh, aren't the Jets a great comedy? Oh, boy. They are. They're a comedy. They are a circus. So, uh, it, so it doesn't matter who coaches the Jets. The Jets always seem to, like, run into these problems. So, there you go. Uh, yes. Pretty sad. Uh, you know who doesn't get into much trouble? Who? Although like, the Giants don't have a lot of guys that get into trouble. Although Mr. We're going to call Mr. Fireworks. Uh, we don't know how effective he's going to be this year. So, <laughs> um, the full story on Geno Smith, um, he was sucker punched. The name of the guy who sucker punched him is a linebacker by the name of I.K. N.M. Kapali. That's his name. I.K. N.M. Kapali. Right? Um, so, I don't, N.M. How do you pronounce this? N.M. Kapali? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, anyway, he got himself released from the Jets because of this. So, and guess what? Ryan Fitzpatrick is now the starting Jets quarterback. <laughs> you can't make it up. That's funny. It, 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 if Ryan Fitzpatrick is your starting quarterback, you may as well just throw on the path. I mean, I mean, what's the point of having a season? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I... Well, that's what's going on with the Bears camp. Is there anything exciting happening these days? Bears? Uh, I try to pretend football doesn't exist. Oh, that's right. You don't like football. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like football? Again, I don't remember now. I don't like it. Why do I need to like it? Why don't you like football? I thought you were a big Bears fan. Aren't you? Aren't you? What's wrong with you? Everything's wrong with me. JNF, what's going on? Not much. Are you outside? No. Oh, that's the fan. Hold on. Okay. Better? Better. Okay. 
Oh, man. 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 Chanberry. Chanberry, man. You know what's sad? I know someone that always posts her Jamberry nails, like in, on Facebook. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, is I, it I, Jeff? No, it's not Jeff. It's actually a woman. <laughs> yeah. Must be his girlfriend. Want... Or no, no. yeah, right. No, no, it's not. But I just think it's funny. <laughs> every time, like they post like the Jamberry stuff, I cringe. Because I want to think about is like Jeff, like all the stuff that's been talked about. It's just it's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Yeah, it really is a nightmare. Ah oh, man, what's your all up to, JPJ? Talking to your candy use. Yeah, I know. Excited for, uh, are you happy for Brian and Bob Davis? What's happening? What? Happy, why am Whatever. I happy? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, aren't you excited for Brian and Bob Davis? They've got to be very excited. What happened? Well, that they have, uh, the Blue Jays keep winning games. Uh, I, I don't think they're one of them. I think they're very happy about it. Don't you? <laughs> They need it? This is what they want. I know Rob Davis is excited about it. He likes it. Aren't you excited about it? About the rage? Rob Davis? Rob Davis? Where is Rob Davis these days? Hiding? Yes. Yes. Probably. Yeah, I know. This is a fun show, though. Yeah. I used to, I wish we could find some old, like, Ibis skits from, like, I don't know, from, like, 1990. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Where is Giadario? Like, did he just go underneath the subway? Come on. Where is Giadario? 
I don't know. Derek. Come on. You come on. Derek Felix. Derek Felix. Derek Felix. JPJ. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. Saying you can't hear me if you can hear me. I can hear you now. I don't know. You weren't coming in. That's it. You know what, Derek? I'm about to go medieval on your ass. What are you going to do now? You going to do some Matthew Broderick stuff? Hang out with the Sausage King of Chicago? Oh, man. I can't believe it's already almost football season. I should have mentioned this before, but um, I will mention it now. Uh, it, it, it's technically a day later, except for the laid-back coast. Um, yesterday was the one-year anniversary of Robin Williams' death, his uh, suicide. I saw you posting about that on Facebook. Yes. Well, Robin Williams, of course, being one of my favorite um, actors, comedians, what have you. Um, very inspirational Um it's hard to believe that he's been gone for a year. Ah, uh, so um, I'd like to toast the the captain, the one and only captain. Uh, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, our captain. Uh, may not be with us anymore, but uh, you are with us in spirit, and uh, you certainly made life and made this place a better place for everybody and brought smiles to a lot of people's faces and made people laugh. So that, that's what I like to say. Uh, oh, Captain, my Captain. Captain, my Captain. Captain, my Captain. Uh, but the, I think the more important point, though, gentlemen, is that, you know, when he took his life, uh, it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter how famous you are, but you have. Um, when it comes to depression and anxiety, uh, this is uh, something that could, this is a disease that could happen to anybody. So, yeah, uh, it's something I do struggle with time to time, but I'm doing better. I'm doing better lately, which is good. And I'm healthy and I'm appreciative for all my friends that have supported me. And uh, you know, it's, it's all about surrounding yourself with positive people. That's that's what it's about. Because uh, anxiety is the suck. <laughs> that's what I'll say about it. It's a suck. It's definitely a suck. But uh, um, for anybody that suffers from it, uh, certainly have all my support if you ever need to talk. Um, and I'm always willing to talk to anybody that struggles with this. Uh, it's uh, Anybody who struggles with it should always talk to people about it. Yeah? That way, you know, they're surrounded with good people. And uh, it's important to be positive. So it's... Uh, 
these are things that are important in life. So that's uh, what I want to say. Uh, I want to, but I can't believe that the captain has been gone for a year. That's pretty amazing to think that he's been gone a year. But uh, certainly was uh, someone that I admire and always thought. Where I stand with that. So. That was a favorite, solid tribute. What is your favorite Robert Williams? Do you have a favorite Robert Williams movie? I don't really like Robin Williams. Never really got onto him? Or just... Nah. I always thought he was a little too over the top for my taste. Mrs. Doubtfire? Not a Mrs. Doubtfire fan. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is about him acting creepy towards his kids, man. I can't support that. You can't support that. Oh, you're hilarious. You mean, you mean, how about that one part where he puts cake on his face because makeup? That was great. All right. I mean, was it a little creepy? Was it a little it creepy? was more than a little creepy. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, that was a funny movie. I mean, that was a really funny movie. I mean, how, how many people could pull that off? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. My favorite movie, of course, and my favorite role is uh, the one of the captain. Captain himself. Uh, Mr. Keating. Um, yeah. That's my favorite one. Certainly. That Poet Society. Are you um, a fan of, the, of his Peter Pan movie? That was a good movie. I, I, I liked yeah, I, I, that is very. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that actually. I thought that was very well done. Um, of course, you have Dustin Hoffman playing Huck. You got Julia Roberts playing Tinker Bell. I mean, it, it was good. It was really good actually. And uh, all the kids in Never Neverland. Justin, we used to watch that a lot back in the day. I never really watched that. You didn't watch it or whatever, when we would be like on Channel 11 or whatever, it would always be on. You watched it. Yes, you not, did. Not much. Not you much. Did it? So like even when we were like wrestling or whatever, we never watched. We never watched. Uh, we never watched it. What? Huh? What do you want me to watch? No. Didn't, didn't we watch it? Watch what? Huck. Huck. Oh. Hopefully I never really classic. saw it. It's a modern right. classic. JPG. Thank you. Is it any wonder we're actually brothers? I can't believe you, Jana. I cannot believe you. No, I can't believe him either. <laughs> My rage overflows. Through my succulents and my saute. Yeah, really. Huh. You are sauteed, aren't you? I am. I can't. Yeah. I can't sneak anything past you, Flat. Why? What's it? Hey, I'm Taylor. I'm Jamie, and I want to thank really all of your attention for my support. Yeah. And help. I want to nominate Lenny Gomez. Battle of New York. 
If you want to see something funny, I want both of you to type this into YouTube, all right? Okay. Type in Randy Savage breathing. No, no, no type in man breathing. Type in what? Macho man breathing. Oh, God. This is going to be crazy. What do you say now? I'd I see. I see two different things here. Uh, there's one with what Macho Man, the cream of the cream of the crop with me Jean, and there's a top. No, one what, you see, what's the what's the title? What's the title? What's the title of the of the um, links? Absolutely no words to Macho Man Randy. Uh, that's it. That's it. Point. That's it. You need to watch that, guys. Watch absolutely no words. It's funny. It's 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 oh, wrestlers man. breathing in every time they go to talk. But it's just them breathing. <laughs> Wait until they get the special, man. This is crazy. They're going in to breathe when they talk, but they they they, they cut it off. They're breathing every time. Half of these guys are dead dogs. I'm getting creeped out watching this. Watch what happens. They're going to show Macho Man. It's funny. Of course. <laughs> the Terry Southwood is really creepy. <laughs> oh my god. Fire and sheep. <laughs> This is what I felt this sounds like. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Is that healthy? Tusky? Where did you get at the macho made? It's funny. Is that Tusky? Who is that? Who's the guy with all the hair? You don't know. I thought you were there. I'm not watching you right now. JPG, he takes the sucker in the center. What? Who, what are you up to right now? Now I'm fine. All right, watch him. Come here, Bacho Man. JPG, he laughed. <laughs> um, 
Derek, did, did you get that at all? I did get it. Yeah. I mean, remember how we we used to make fun of wrestlers every time? They talk? Yes. Yes. I guess. Yeah. I mean, they were breathing every time they talked. They they every they, they edited out the words. I just showed them breathing. In. Yeah, it's a little creepy. <laughs> it's just, I don't the, know. the Macho Man one was good, though, right? Yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, <laughs> one only. Okay. I think you're insane. That's besides the point. <laughs> I um, saw it before. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but I guess that's going to do it for our show, at least. Um, there's still a few minutes if you want to talk. Anything you have, any ideas? You want to talk about anything else? I have anything to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about, did you like talking about the old Knicks? What? Would you like to talk about the Knicks a little more, about the old Knicks teams? Or? I don't know. No. You didn't get into the Knicks until the nineties, right? Because you were one of the two young teams, right? Yeah. Just Nah, it's okay. I'm just uh, just curious. Yeah. I don't know, I just So, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the old Knicks teams. They were fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy watching those teams. I uh, thought they were actually pretty good. So, um, uh, right. What's your favorite team? You have a favorite, like, Knicks team? No, Knicks roster. I don't know. The 92, 93, 94, 93, 93, 93, 93, 93, 93, what? Do you think do you think they could have taken the bolt that year? Yes, I thought they would have. Do you think the suspensions were fair? It was stupid. Yeah, I agree. They got penalized. They got penalized for no reason. It. For no reason. Yeah, we really agree about that. Just uh that's yeah, a damn shame. It really is a damn shame. Yeah. Uh, you know, my team, my team has pulled within 13 points of third place now in that league. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. What do you have? 96 points right now. But like, Is that good or bad? It's good, but, like, the problem is that fourth, ah, fourth, place, fourth place is 99 and a half, and third place is 109 and a half. That's uh, just going back and forth, oh, and I, I just and I just lost like I lost that basketball. He's out for the rest of the year. 
right? I was just typing something to Rob. <laughs> Rob Davis being Rob Davis. He's like, I just... What, what's, going on Brian is, what's going on with Brian and, what's going on Brian and Rob? What do you mean? Oh, they're part of Team Benedict. What? They're part of Team Benedict. What do you mean? Oh. Uh, you know about Team Benedict, right? I guess. Do you know about Team Benedict? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's because you're not part of our chats. Whatever. Basically, JPG is part of JPG formulated Team Benedict. I called I called them the Turtles. <laughs> so I, I devoted a show to the team to the Benedict the other night. It was a show based on how the Benedicts have turned against their own team because Rob Davis and Brian wanted the Yankees to get David Price and wanted Max Scherzer, the dollar box. So I called them the Benedicts. I called the three of them the Benedicts. Yeah. So uh-huh. Because, because like, they've gone anti. So I just called them Team Benedicts. <laughs> right. What do you think about that, Don? What is that? Huh? Yeah. No, what is, like, like, is that your phone or whatever that makes that noise? What sound? Oh, it's, like, weird. Weird sound. I don't know. I have you on speaker. That's fine. Hold on. Oh, okay. This one's about to end anyway. That's fine. Hold on, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm right there. Well, as he puts me on hold, um, we did discuss huh? a little more. No, are uh, back now? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, it is. But anyway, this one's uh-huh? about to end. Yeah, this show's about to end though. Um, okay. What I was gonna, what I was gonna say, uh, is this show actually. Was not just about a Yankees panic attack. We covered more baseball. We covered Mets. We covered the Washington Mets, uh, the the underachieving Mets. We covered the Knicks, the old Knicks, and the Trent Tucker rule, and a lot of fun stuff actually on this show. And we also learned about breathing, about wrestling breathing, wrestlers breathing, of course, with Justin. So, um, thank you 